0: Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Uh, We are in this series, Battle Ready, and if you haven't been with us, we've been just recognizing the fact that, that, man, there is a spiritual battle for your soul. And for your life, and it's real. Not everything that happens is supernatural, but not everything that happens is natural, and it's just really important. In fact, Jesus was so big on this topic, and his followers were so big on this topic, and it's why we're taking time to process this, and when this series came up, we really felt like, man, if we want to, as we uh, just come to this series, and we want to wanted to bring voices into it who could really help lead us and shape us, and uh, we ended up uh, being able to invite one of our friends, uh, Jay and Linda LaRue, uh, to come and be a part of the series. And Jay's going to share a word, but I just want to share a little bit. Uh, how many of you know the forest fire story? Raise your hand. If you do raise your hand, if you do the forest fire story, great. If you don't, you need to go to the growth track at t- 1115 and Today. hear an incredible story right. about that. But here's the thing. There was a forest fire that absolutely wrecked our lives. And, uh, and, and when that happened, we didn't know what to do with it. And the very first people we talked to and reached out to were Jay and Linda. They're people that have known us since we were teenagers. They have invested in us. They've spoken over us. Jay has the ability to increase faith in the room. He has the ability to make you hunger for the scriptures and to know the scriptures of God like never before. But he also has the ability to, to make you thirst for the spirit of God like never before. And we are so excited that he's going to come and share this word. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to share a word. But here's the other thing I want you to know. He's going to share from the scriptures. But he's also been praying for you since 2018. He's been praying for this room. And there's some things that God has given and spoken to him about new community. And he's going to take some time not just to encourage you, but to speak a word to us collectively and encourage us. And so would you... Welcome Jay as he comes and come on new community, let him know he's welcome here.
1: Wow. How are we? Good? I want to first invite those folks who are watching us online. If you haven't had a chance to come out here and and meet these folks, experience this church, please do. I mean, I went out because I love seeing it because I love the church in general, always have. I've gone down here to see the children's church, the the area for the small kids, for our young people. It's fantastic. They have their own worship set going on right now, and uh, the community is fantastic. By the time you even drive into this, now I know, Regal cinema, as soon as you uh, drive uh, right out here into the parking lot area, it's so welcoming, so loving. If you have children, friends, family, nieces and nephews, this is a great time to start in in their lives with a new people, a new experience, and what God is doing here, this is a place that has tremendous expectation to it, tremendous hope. I'm going to share some of those things this morning, but uh, even by this and by the word of the Lord, but it's a fantastic place. These two young people are amazing. Uh, they've been great since I've ever known them. Uh, they're a great family. And, uh, and the worship is not bad. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think we should give our worship team a hand, don't you think? You don't mind? Yeah. Now, you can't see her, but my baby's sitting over here. She'll just wave to you a little bit. Yeah, she's awesome, incredible. Yeah, she's the better part of the team. But we didn't want to take up a lot of time because I have this nice clock in front of me, and uh, it's, it's going to keep me in order. And uh, I guess that's a good thing for me. Yeah, and for our, our sometimes we don't realize, though, but without the sound team, I can't do anything. Uh, they would be, they really control a lot more than we realize. They could shut me off, turn me on, loud, up, down. So I really do appreciate them. If you have your Bibles or your phone, uh, when I'm in California, it's always this, New York City is this, but when I'm in the South, I get a little bit of the page feel, you know, so whether you have your Bible or not, let's look at a few verses, I want to spend some time looking at one particular man that's going to be very, very key to us, because everything began with him, and when we see these beginnings with God, they're very, very key for you and I in our lives. This is beautiful because and and all the universities I'm in throughout the year, whether secular or Christian, uh, this sometimes is considered just a history book, but it isn't. This is a book of our people. This is simply a history of what our God has done in different generations, which he intends to do at least what he's done in other generations. And for you and I, we can anticipate and expect a lot more than we've ever seen before. We're living in that kind of day. So our text, Ephesians chapter 6. Beautiful verse. What, what a great theme. So appreciate it. All right, verse 16. Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Hebrews chapter 11. Great chapter. It's been known as, they call it the chapter of champions, the chapter of faith. Really, it's just a history of of men and women living in their generation believe in their God to do something they've never seen before, that he might be somebody who loves to do things that we could never even imagine or think. That's our God. Abraham. Hebrews uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith when he was called out, after he had received an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing where he was going. Romans chapter 4, our final verses, Then I just want to say some opening statements and we'll pray. Did I say how honored and privileged I am to be here? Did I say that? I don't think I said that. I am very much. And that you would take out the time this morning to meet with us. And I'm I'm really glad our pastor's holy and we're not going to have church next Sunday night. We're going to watch the football game. (laughs) I was with his pastor and we didn't watch the Super Bowl that year. He said to me, Jay, you don't really like the Super Bowl, do you? Uh, so we went out to dinner. I never used the men's room more times than I did that day to find out <laughs> how the game was going. He says, are you okay? I says, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It is about Abraham from the New Testament, always key. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace that, the en- that to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, and to that, o- and not only of the law, but to them also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all? Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him who he believed, even God who quickened the dead, and called those things that be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall they seed be. Verse 19. Love this. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body not dead, nor the deadness of being 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, I love. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. We're just going to look at a couple things this morning. The first thing we're going to see this morning out of the life of Abraham is the character of God. It's so important, though. So when you talk about someone's character, it's the very thing that you and I can depend on no matter what. Bad day, good day, light, dark. No matter what's going on in our economy, or no matter what's going on in our government, or what's going going on in, the, in in the particular day we're living in, it's something that you and I can trust, no matter what. We're going to look at his character. It's in the life of Abraham. The second thing we look at is the way of God. There was one time when there was only one man in one generation who understood it. We need to know that. What is he? What's going on in our lives? What is what is happening that we may not really see or are really able to grab hold of? We want to see that? Then I want to finally look at Abraham's life. He, again, is key because he's the beginning of something. He's the first of his kind in the earth. And that's very important to you and I. There never was anyone who represented the invisible God. There was nobody that was called his. And the beautiful thing about this this morning is we are his. And for many of our lives, we are the beginning of what God is doing in our families, in our cities, in our nation, in our generation. Certainly in my own life and in Linda's life, I was the first one to get born again, as it were, 46 years ago, so he began something with me. And Abraham's life has become very, very important because he is longing and always has to do something that will shake our world in a way and cause the world to see him in ways they never dreamed of. And for the church to become a people who once again embrace all that he has declared, everything he's ever promised. Abraham. You good? Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for the Privilege and honor for Linda and I to be here this morning. Lord, for those folks tuning in and those folks here. Lord, I pray as always that the revelation of Jesus Christ would be to us all. The revelation of the kingdom of God that you have freely given to us. I don't, I don't, there's no debt. We don't have to pay for it. We don't owe it. We are, it's ours. Whether this is our first day in or we've been here for years, decades, it's the kingdom of God is ours. Father, I pray for the revelation of that. And this morning we might see you in a way we've not seen you before and embrace you in a way we've not embraced you before. Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. First, the character of God. It's in verse 17. First thing, there's two. He is the God who raised the dead. And we've got to understand this in Abraham's lifestyle. We do realize that Abraham got the promise for a son when he was 75 years old. He's now 99. He does not have a son. No matter what kind of science we have, no matter what's going on, Abraham is dead. Sarah's 90 years old. She looks great. I mean, really sweet for 90. But Sarah's womb, dead. It's an impossible moment. And the beautiful thing is, though, there's times that I've looked in my my own mirror and thought, how are you ever going to fulfill your will in my life? How are you ever going to do what I believe you're going to do within the church, within my own family? How can I possibly believe When everything appears so impossible, so dead, that there's just no way it can happen, I've got to know this about his character. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening with our children, no matter what is happening, he is the God who raised the dead and restores to life. That's something about his character that you and I can trust. No matter what you're facing today, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like, especially in our world, as difficult as it might, think, might might seem that the church could actually be something that revolutionizes the world, I want you to know this morning, he is the God who raised the dead. You and I can count on that no matter what's happening. The second thing I love about him is he is the God that caught those things that be not as though they were. And the only way we can really grip this is to really take a look at Abraham's life. I mean, you got to really figure that so he, he had these Amorite brothers. They were his posse. I'll make this story short. And he had known them now for 20, well, 29 years almost, probably 24 years, 25 years. And so thankfully, they built a Starbucks, well, a little cup, whatever this was, over here in, in Bethlehem. Sorry about the Starbucks portion. <laughs> and so he'd meet those guys every single day, uh, every single week for coffee. And this one day, he was he was there and he was a little late. And and the Emir brothers, Mamre, said to him, "So Abraham, what's going on?" Because well, Sarah and I were talking and. He goes, Well, I ordered you a latte. He goes, Well, I need a skinny latte because I've been watching my, you know, just. And he says, Okay, Abram. And Abram stopped and he said, Oh, by the way, guys, my name's not Abram anymore. It's Abraham. Now, in this culture, your name meant everything. It, It was your destiny. It was who you are. I mean, my parents named me Jay, you know, the firstborn for two 19 year olds. I just think that my father was looking at the screen and found the letter. That's pretty much how I think it was. But it really, meant, it really meant something here. And so they looked at him, and they said, "Well, whoa, well, wait a minute, you're, you, wait, we, you, you're saying your name has changed? And he goes, yeah, it hasn't. And they said, well, we understand Abram and that father of height, even though, what are you, like five, six? I mean, we could deal with that. Now what you're telling us, though, is you're the father of many nations? And Abram said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what my name is. And they said, listen, we just celebrated Sarah's birthday last week, right? And they said, yeah, she's 90, correct? Yeah. So you're 99, you're going to be 100 you know, in a couple months, yeah. And Sarah's 90. All these years, we haven't seen your kids, though. You know, your children, you know, offspring. And Abraham said to him, well, Abraham said to him, well, that's because I don't have any. And they kind of snickered. They said, well, well, how can you be a father of many nations? And you don't have any children. And he said, I don't know what to tell you. He said it. What do you mean he said it? Yeah, you know, the big guy, the man of steers. Oh, you're talking about your God who we've never seen before. I mean, we've got gods. We even make gods. But your God who we've never seen before. You say the God in the universe. He told you that you're now the father of many nations. And Abraham said, yes. And they said, it's impossible, Abraham. But he said, I don't know what to tell you. He said it. You see, he is the God who loves to declare things that can never be as if they already are. The beautiful thing I like about prophecy, which one of the things God's restoring back to the church in a significant way and in a pure way, is he loves to declare into our lives that which appears to be impossible because he loves to do that. That's his character. You and I can trust that he's going to do that very thing. Something second thing bottom I said to you is, that we, is, is the way of God. Now, I don't like this first one, and I'm going to make it quick, though, is he will test us. Abraham will be tested 10 times in in almost 30 years, and he will fail eight out of 10. Now, that always bothered me. Now, I mean, I've taught school. I'm a professor at a college. I'm I'm a a staff. I I was a principal at one time. And I know for sure, though, that I've gotten a few of these. A 20, if if I'm not mistaken, is an F. It's a failing grade. The beautiful thing, though, for me and for us this morning that's helped me because I never was good at tests and I never liked tests. And I, had my, I, I, I still fail a few of them as, as I've lived my life. But the beautiful thing about this was the Lord didn't, didn't grade Abraham on the test. He graded Abraham on how he responded to the test. And every time Abraham fails a test, he just returns back to the Lord. And I want to encourage you this morning that though he has to test us, Nehemiah will say it in the ninth chapter that, I found Abraham's heart faithful. It's through testing, that's how he finds out where we are, who we are. It's many times that we find ourselves. But when we fail a test, though, please understand, all we've gotta do is return to him and he gives it an A plus. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I wanna look closer at Abraham. All right, let's begin. Verse 20, verse 19, let me see, is that 17? Verse 18, this verse is, I love this. He hoped against hope according to the word spoken, so shall thy seed be. And I love this moment about Abraham. How is it possible? Because everything about faith is what I have faith in, I hope for. How is it possible that Abraham is hoping in a moment of no hope, something that's without hope? It's hopeless. You do realize that, again, he's 100 years old. The promise of God has already waned now 20 years. All these years of him waiting, and it now appears hopeless. His friends are looking at him and saying it's hopeless. He looks at Sarah's womb, it's dead. He looks at his own body, it's dead. But this man is going to hope when there's absolutely no reason to hope. But if I want something in my life this this morning, my friends, is that something in J. LaRue, something in us, something in in new community, that no matter what we face, no matter how hopeless it might be, there's something in us that still maintains the hope. What God said he will do, he will do. I want to know out of Abraham's life, how do you hope when there's no hope? Verse 19, I love this. He he considered not his own body now dead, being 100 years old, no, the deadness of Sarah's womb. I love this word considered. The Hebrew writer will use it three times. What it means is this. He never got his eyes fixed on the impossibilities of his own life, but he kept his eyes fixed on the promise. But I want to do that. As I said already, there's so many times I've looked at my life now as I've gotten older, and I thought, how. Is it possible God will do what he has said? The promise to my own children, my grandchildren, now we have a great granddaughter, the promise to our kids, the promise to this nation, no matter what's going on, the promise to the church in general, this incredible Bible, what does it say? How is it, I mean, how could he not get his eyes on the, 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 his own failures, his own weakness, but he kept them set on the promise of God. I want to be such a man. I want us to be such a people. That our faith and our our belief lies in what he has declared and not anything we see or feel, no matter where we are. I want to know how. It's in Abraham's life. The third thing is in verse 20. I love this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. What a beautiful word in the Greek. But we're strong in faith. The word staggered is, I I have an Italian background, so it's agita. I don't know if if you have any Italians in the room. The new word is acid reflux. You know how that is? You know when I have a best those when my phone rings at 11 o'clock at night? I think is that clearing house calling me because I want something? It's never good news. Or my son, my kids, I love my kids and my grandkids, hey, Grandpa, I know what that means. Something's wrong and you want money. I know that right away. They, they never text me to go, how are you? Where are you? They tune in sometimes to things like this, and and and, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll hear from them though. But it's it's that it's that inward battle, you know. And as a male, I, I I'm really not good at it though, because my Linda's much better. She'll talk it out, not me. I, I deal with it on the inside, it's just the way I am, firstborn of Ford. And, and that, that, that inward fight though. It, what he said is the what Paul's saying about Abraham was he he never lost that inward battle. He maintained the peace of God within him, even though everything outside was raging against it. There's anything in my life now, because I know scientifically, what, what the, 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 even our own, our own scientists and our, our, our own cultures, they study it, they, they realize that, that men especially, we, we die on the inside before we ever really die because we, we, it's so difficult on the inside, uh, that, that, that inward fight, that inward struggle. I want to be a man, us a people, that no matter how much it's raging out here, that there's a peace, not just peace, From God or with God, it's the peace of God in our lives, holding me sure that no matter what I'm facing, no matter what's going on, the Lord will do what He said. And the final thing I love about Abraham's life is verse twenty-one, and being fully persuaded. I mean, how do you, how do you define that? Paul will say it this way to the Philippians: "Listen, we could be confident. I, I like confidence. I was born in the Northeast, you know, and I got that. I got that little bit of that, that New York thing, you know." I mean, so how can I be confident? I mean, if the Bible says, I, I want to be confident, I think, I think Joshua was confident. I think David was confident. I think Samuel was confident. I, I think there's, 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 how can I be confident? Here's what it is, though. Fully persuaded Abraham was. What he had promised, he was able to perform. Paul said this, week, he goes, listen, you be confident. Really? Come on, tell me, what can I be confident? In? What, what can I be assured in? Here it is, that what he has begun in our lives he will see it to the end. So how then, how my, my brothers, just in, a, in a, a few moments here, how how can we be hopeful, hoping when there appears to be no hope? How can we be in a place where I keep my eyes so focused on the promise of God, I don't mean bury my face here or hide somewhere, no, 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 living in the real world, living out in this world, living our lives, how can we be a people that just, I just, no matter what I see, my eyes are focused on his promise and not anything else that's in my life. I wanna know, how can I have that inward battle won? How can I, this is kind of the Jay LaRue face on Monday morning. The guys at the gym, what's up with you? You got problems? I have kids. <laughs> I love my kids, but you get it? Now I have grandkids. I have a new one now, great grandchild. So I'm putting money away because that's what she's going to want. Now it's just grandpa hugs. Yeah, I know, all right. That doesn't last long, I know that. How can we be confident? 250000 not a problem. Here it is. It's in these verses. I just want to say it to you. It's so simple and I almost apologize for it. It's in verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith. Really? No matter what the fiery darts on, no matter how, 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 how can we be strong in faith? Here it is. Giving glory to God. How can it be that? Can it be that simple? Yeah. Four ways and I'm through you with me, okay? This morning. First is Thanksgiving. When I was 22, and I got born again in this little prayer group, I'll tell you that day that he, I realized years later what he did for Jay Larue, no, valueless, no future, no hope. What he did for me, I began to understand. I got to tell you, I was thankful. But here I am now, 46 years later, I've got to tell you, I'm thankful to him. And sometimes we forget it. I'm not thankful for 2020 or what came out of that or today or last year or the loss of hair. i got to work so hard to keep everything we're supposed to be. No. No, I'm not thankful. I'm thankful that he's with me in the hair loss, in the day we're living in, through 2020, through 2021, into 2023. And no matter what I'm facing though, no matter what's going on, I still remain thankful. Maybe this morning we just, if you're hopeless, you're losing hope, or you're struggling with the promise of God, maybe we we'll just get back to being just thankful that we have him. Thankful he was willing to come for us. Thankful that he was willing to pay the price so that this boy, for us, we could take part in a kingdom that's unprecedented in the history of the world and yet to be known in its greatness. Second is, I I love this, and again, these are so simple, I almost apologize for them, is praise. Now, let me just, for a moment, I'm thankful for the band. I have no music skills at all. If I sing, the devil leaves. (laughs) He does, so I don't cast them out anymore, I sing. It's just, it's not good. I just don't have any, I'm tone deaf and that's what they say, but I don't know. I tried to and Linda used to push me over. Would you push over? I can't even hear myself. <laughs> so I need worship. And on our way here, we're listening to uh, the, uh, the, what it, Linda, the North Carolina church, that oh, El- elevation worship and the Bethel. I, I need all that, but that's not why I praise him. Let me just for a moment, take us back to the root because that's really the key for us understanding these things that are so beautiful in our Bible. You see, Jacob had two wives, Leah was his first wife, and Rachel was his second, and he, and he really loved Rachel, and he, and he kind of tolerated Leah, man, no wife should have to go through that. And so Leah would have to manipulate to get Jacob to, to, to even be her husband, and would have to uh, trade things with her sister, and, and uh, just because Jacob didn't really like her much, and so it's, 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 ch- children were a heritage to a woman, especially in that day, as, as it is now, but especially in that day. And so she, she, uh, he's willing, though, and, and so finally she has this fourth child, and she's holding him, and she names him Judah, that's what it means, praise, but I want you to see this, though. she looked and she thought, I will praise you because you've given me a son. That's so what I want to say to us this morning, this boy, I appreciate the music, our worship is beautiful, I appreciate everything we have, the CDs, all the MP3s, all the music, but I don't praise him because of the music. I gotta praise him because he's given me his son. So I just gotta, I just gotta praise him. I just gotta, I just got to praise him because he's given me his son. And so when I'm hopeless and it's been to see in the gym, this is okay. But when I'm standing in the Starbucks line at the airport, that doesn't really work too well. But there's just times I was in there and everything's closing in. I'm heading out to a real issue at a church, and we're just and I'm just thinking, what are we gonna do? And and my son's texting me and I'm leaving Linden. It's just like, and I'm I feel tired and, and stretched, and I'm, I'm watching this news and some balloon is floating over our nation. I don't know what it is, and, you know, and I and I just and I just I've done it before and I I don't mean to, I just could I just can't help but go. Just got to praise him because he's given me, us, his son. Third is adoration. It's not a Bible word. We only sing it really once a year. Come let us. Peter, the final night of his life, will, uh, I mean, start cursing. So, I mean, I'm thinking, how can you be with him three and a half years and say you don't know him? But he'll later write, Oh, almost 20 years later, he is the precious cornerstone. And I want you to know this morning that he's very precious to me. I don't have to defend him. He can do that himself. But he's precious to me. He's, he's valuable. And I know he is to you, but there's times though, that I'm, I'm struggling and I've got this internal fight. And I've got to remember, it's really not about me. It's really not about the moment. It's really not about anything. It's really about him and how incredibly precious he is to me, to us. The final, of course, is worship. No matter how you define it in its Greek text or its Hebrew text, it means to lay prostrate. I mean, the first church I went to like this, the pastor taught on worship. He said, you gotta lay prostrate. Well, the next day at my job, I laid prostrate because I thought I would worship him. And I got fired. I didn't understand what's going on here. But then I realized this, because Jesus said that he glorified his Father in the earth, but I only saw him sing one song. I I saw him do things, but I realize this now. It's changed my life. Whatsoever you and I do, let us do with all of our heart unto him. That's worship. It's to him, for him, because of him. I believe this is a great day, new community for us, So I just want to encourage you a little bit in this closing. And, you know, I just want to say at this end this word is, this morning, though, if if there's any loss of hope, any inward battle, any uncertainty about who our God is, please remember he's the God who raised the dead. I want to see physical lives. I've seen people raised from the dead. I like that. But sometimes my own dreams, my own hopes, my own trust in his word, my own trust in him, my own trust in the promise of God, sometimes that's almost died. And I've had to get back to just giving him glory, that he might revive it again. So I just want to say to you, to the church this morning, without you realizing it, the Lord really intended this to be the hub, if you will. And you're going to see the Lord begin to bring in the the wealthy, the influential. It doesn't mean uh, there's anything in your heart or the uh, the church's heart that we don't want any uh, other types of people. It's not that but there's an intending of the Lord to bring a financial base here in a great way. Through the financial base though, you're gonna see the Lord begin to restore some things what the church doesn't know, maybe those who are watching don't realize though, is the Lord is reaching back all the way to your roots to the the, the years at the other church and even the beginning years there where there was the belief for the supernatural healing power of God and the miraculous. You're going to see the Lord return to this body and to this people. It's not going to be some future time. You can begin to expect to see it this year. the, The miracles and the healings of God returning to His people and He intends to make this place that kind of place. So even when you build a new building wherever you buy it, you're going, to have, you're going to sense a need, though, that we've got to have something where those who are broken, hurt, maimed. It doesn't have to mean it has to be something physical, be spiritual, but the Lord is intending to bring a supernatural restoration of the whole man with the two of you within this new community of people, new community of believers. So you're going to see this increased finance, you're going to see the increased power of God, demonstration of God, even you're going to see your team begin to grow and to cause a whole new faith is going to arise within them. And this is great about the armor of God though because there's nothing we have to fear about the enemy. Right now the enemy is afraid of you. The enemy is afraid of these people. The enemy is afraid of what the Lord's already declared and the Lord's already tent. That's why we got this raging roar out there is the enemy fears what God's intended restore. You have planted another place, but I want you to know there's going to be a third one. It's going to be very different, though. The third one is going to have a whole new dimension, a whole new look to it, and this would be the supporting work the one that's already going. And in that place, though, I'm looking forward to being there tonight, though, but you're going to see a movement on the college age, the college students, where this would be an adult gathering and family gathering, but that one's going to be a greater dimension of young people, uh, of future entrepreneurs, and and the Lord will give you a system to raise them up so that we we begin to set a new culture. I love the Daniels. I love the Mordecais. I love the Nehemiahs. I I love the Esthers. They were a group of young people at one time that fit into their world and change their culture. And so the Lord isn't so much interested in, in, the, in the culture identifying with us, but us identifying with the culture and being able to bring a kingdom of God out there. And so this is the beginning of the establishment of the kingdom of God in a dimension in a way you have not seen before and you have not known before because the Lord is intending to carry it to this to this place for sure when you carry it out from here to the next place and the third one I'm not going to give a time frame on that but the Lord already is going to is already working the groundwork for a third third campus a third place for you to plant not knowing where it is that doesn't really matter but you have to know my brother and my sister that the timing has been absolutely right the preparation was absolutely right and I love this and part of the reason I come to Abraham I can't share a lot of but I want to share it this way though Abraham was called out to go to a place that did not know where he was going he obeyed and the Lord and within his heart we know that he was looking for something that was built by God who architected and built it's a city Abraham looked for but God has already repaired an architectural and a building for the two of you I mean a physical building more of a spiritual building that he would come and inside of that building would be the, uh, would be the, the enlarging of the person of Jesus Christ enlarging of, every, of the values that he carried, that he had but a demonstration of the kingdom of God that you have not seen in your lives before this is the destiny, this is the thing the Lord's already begun and this is the thing that you can hope for, it's already begun stand with me please if you need healing this morning it's already something that the Lord is restoring back to his people. If you need healing this morning, it's something that we're going to begin carrying to the world, certainly this church, this people especially. Not any more special or anything better than other churches, but he's, he's beginning something here that he intends to cause us to carry, and it is this kingdom of God. If you need healing this morning, I just want you to raise your hand in any way, even if you need this morning just a fresh, a fresh hope, a fresh faith, it's, it's just the fiery darts have been too much, it's, everything around you is closed again that includes you or us, me, I certainly need it so if you raise your hand, just put your hand on them this is no longer this is not the Jay LaRue show or the Baldwin show. This is not This is no longer a one man, one church, three churches. That day has come to a conclusion. This is something the Lord it want, has always wanted to be within his people. That you and I carry to our homes, to our neighborhoods, to our jobs, to our school systems, to our government places. Not with arrogance, but with humility and a passion and a love for people. That's what new community would be in his life, I believe. So it's going to be this easy, though. I mean, how can it be this easy? In Jesus' name, be healed. Please say it with me. Yeah, in Jesus' name, be healed. One more time, in Jesus' name, be healed. Amen. Let's see the Lord at hand.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.